0: (laughs) and welcome to the program everyone this is education leadership and beyond surviving and thriving and it's show number 48 Welcome to the program. Excited to be recording this week and excited to be on air. We're on Facebook Live and on iTunes. And I am sitting next to the legend. He's not on camera yet, but I am sitting next to one of Orange County's legendary leaders, legendary uh, educational um, you know, leaders in, in our area, Tony DeMarco. He's my friend. He's my mentor, and uh, he's going to be the guest coming up here shortly on education, leadership, and beyond, and uh, it's a thrill to have uh, Tony here. So we're going to meet Tony in just a, a few minutes, and you're in for a treat. So before we get started with episode number 48, I do want to bring in today's sponsor, the Coaching and Leadership Journal. This is put together by the leadership publishing team, my friend Dan Spanauer in North Carolina, Uh, Winston-Salem, North Carolina. This is an excellent resource, and I'm happy to share it, happy to have it uh, as the sponsor on the program. In this uh, month's journal alone, there are 17 little features, 17 articles, quotes. Uh, It's fantastic. If you're a school leader, if you're a coach, if you're a parent, um, this is just a great resource. Uh, Literally on the back here under final thought, there's a story here, and it's about Albert Einstein. And I'm not going to tell the whole story, but just speaking at my National Honor Society banquet the other day, that was the story I used. That was my opening day speech. And I got it right here from the Education, I'm uh, in mean, the Coaching and Leadership Journal, again, written by the Leadership Publishing team. There is a discount out there for um, Education, Leadership, and Beyond uh, followers, and that is ELB20. ELB 20. If you go to the leadershippublishingteam.com and plug that in, uh, you will get a 20% discount on a year subscription. It's a buck 49 a year. It is money well spent. So uh, check that out again, Dan Spanauer at the leadership publishing team. Let's get to it. It's show number 48 and uh, we're going to talk a little bit before we bring Tony into the program, but in preparing for the show, You know, we could have done a lot of different things with Tony DeMarco. He is an amazing guy, and uh, we're definitely going to have a lot of fun. But uh, uh, in typical Tony DeMarco fashion, I wanted to tell a story. And and the story I want to tell is when Tony DeMarco hired me in uh, 2005. So today's concept is to go with your gut, right? Go with your instincts. There's a lot of factors that we use to uh, make decisions, right? people use rubrics, people have committees, uh, people look at statistics, they look at numbers, and uh, all of those things are important. You need to have the facts uh, when you make a decision, but at the end of the day, the best and most powerful tool that you can use is your instincts and your gut. And most of the time, and I say most, you are, uh, you're on point with that, And the story of when Tony hired me uh, is a great example of that. So uh, here's the story. I meet Tony. It is a snowing uh, February day in 2005. I'm in Port Jervis uh, interviewing for assistant principal job. And uh, the building was a little elevated because they were getting out early. And uh, I'm in the interview, and, and Tony and I hit it off immediately two Italian-Americans, two basketball guys, uh, two New Yorkers. Uh, We had an instant connection. It was great. And uh, I felt it, and I think Tony did as well. And um, he did ask the question in the interview. He said, Andrew, what would your immediate supervisor say if I called for a recommendation? And I said, "Uh, Mr. DeMarco, I need to be honest with you. Uh, My immediate supervisor and myself, we, we did not really see eye to eye. I was working at an alternative school in New Jersey at the time, and we just did not see eye to eye. And I don't want to get any further into that. I don't want to speak ill about anyone. But uh, so I told him that, and and he appreciated that honesty. Uh, but he, you know, true to his word as he is, Tony did call that supervisor, and she was killing me. I know there's all kinds of rules <laughs> to that, but she was killing me on, uh, and just man. So she, uh, uh, Tony finally, you know, he's going, is there anything good you could tell, tell him about? It? Is there anything positive you could tell me about him? on and on? And no, it was negative. It was negative. It was negative. Finally said, is there anything? And she said, he comes to work on time. And he said, great. <laughs> and I'm going to hire him. And he hung up the phone and, uh, you know, the story goes on from there. And at the end of the day, I'll never forget that, uh, what Tony did for me and, and Tony to have the fortitude in his, in his gut and to, to go with his instincts, right. Not go with the opinion of somebody else, but his own, uh, forever, um, uh, meant a lot to me. And, uh, I wouldn't be here without Tony. And, uh, you know, I, I thought of that story and the other thing I did want to share, excuse me, Tony, you know, I got my book here and, uh, sales are great. Thank you for everyone who has, um, uh, you know, purchased the book or got the book for me in person. And, uh, Uh, if you do like it, please go on Amazon and leave a review for me. Uh, that always helps on iTunes, leave a review that always helps also, but there are so many DeMarco stories in here. I think out of all of my mentors, they're probably the most Tony DeMarco, uh, stories in here. And, uh, I couldn't have written this book without him because (laughs) I've learned so much, uh, from Tony. So one other quick story, you know, I love to talk about my dad on, on the program and, uh, talk about going with your gut, right? My dad was the uh, uh, chairman uh, of the board in Staten Island, board one. And if you know anything about city politics and how the cities work, no community event, uh, no building can go up without the approval of the community board. And my dad was hiring uh, the person in charge. So his uh, position as uh, chairman of the board is uh, an unpaid position, but his immediate person below him who really gets all the work done is a paid position. So they were looking to hire that person. And it came down to two great leaders. And uh, you know the committee, they, they met, they talked, there was pluses and minuses, a lot of pluses on both of those people. At the end of the day, the decision uh, was left in my dad's hands and he went with his gut and it came down to something so simple. The person who was taking this public seat uh, had a PBS bag Uh, public uh, broadcasting uh, station, the old-fashioned Channel 13 for all you New Yorkers out there. And my dad thought that if this person has a PBS bag, they got to be invested in the community. They have to believe in community and and public resources. And uh, they hired that person, and, and that person was in that job for a long time. And I remember my dad telling me that story also. So that's today's concept uh, trust in your gut and believing in your gut and, and going with your instincts, certainly having all the information on the table, but to make, you know, the best decision, go with your gut and trust your instincts. Uh, and again, I can thank my friend, Tony DeMarco, uh, for that. So that being said again, before we bring Tony in just one more shout out to today's sponsor, the coaching and leadership journal. It's a great resource. And, uh, we might have to have Tony DeMarco tell some stories and get him featured uh, in the Coaching and Leadership <laughs> Journal. You can order it at uh, theleadershippublishingteam.com. My friend Dan Spanauer, ELB20 is the code. You will get 20% off. And uh, again, I thank him for sponsoring the show. Let's bring Tony in here. Tony, we'll take a, a brief pause and uh, why don't you slide your chair over, Tony? I got okay. two big Italian heads here. There okay. you go. Tony, totally good to see you, my friend. Yeah, good yeah. to see
1: you. It's Thank been you. T-
0: it's been too long.
1: I know.
0: And I know, I know. you've been away for the uh, the winter, right? You've been down in Texas. Well,
1: I'm glad you, uh, you know, if you went over 50 shows and didn't invite me, I was going to be very upset. So I, I just want to <laughs> know I came under the, <laughs> under the gun at 48. You're tough to book. You're, you're, yeah, I know. You're, I'm you're, all over the place. In yeah. your retirement, <laughs> it's still hard to get you. It is. I just got back from uh, six months in Austin. And, okay. Uh, it was great in uh, Texas. I, you know, I enjoy my, I don't know what day of the week it is. I have to look in the paper and say, oh today's Wednesday but uh,
0: sometimes it was like that when we worked yeah together, it, was, it was like that too <laughs> but uh,
1: uh, but thank you for inviting me here yeah. and, and what you're doing here is great this educational leadership and uh, I read your book and thank you for putting me in there. there's a lot of stories in there, but it's an excellent book. Wow. really is.
0: Yes. Thank, thank you, good Tony, for, for the stories. No. And uh, Half the books, half the profits should go to you. We should have <laughs> no, had you sign a little agreement there. But, uh, you, you know, know. Tony, I, I got the script here. and we, we go over the, you know, and it's a guide. And I know we you have so much to say. And uh, we, we I could throw <laughs> yeah. these papers out the window. You know? I, I didn't even read them. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's get to it, Tony. You know, you okay. re, recently retired. But before we talk about your retirement, and the, the growth of your grandchildren here, it's, you know, some of the people unbelievably don't know your story. Tell me about you know your story and education. And yeah, I, and, I uh, uh, my
1: father went to Manhattan College. My father was a big influence. Uh, Grown up in an Italian American family, and um, he you know we lived in Italy for ten years, uh, which was rare. Uh, we, we lived on a UN army a US Army base in Italy. He was stationed uh, in the Gaza Strip. Uh, so I grew up without TV. You know, from the age of six to sixteen. I had no TV, so uh, um, so I got into a lot of, my father told stories, so we became a storyteller, you know, when there's no TV. And when I used to come back for home leave, I would be just, you know, watching all these, you know, Wired Earp and all these TV shows. So it was a little bit different growing up. I came back and I went to uh, uh, Stepanek High School in White Plains my sophomore year. And then I graduated and uh, I went to uh, North Texas. That was where I, I got my, uh, I went to North Texas State University and majored in uh, education. It's your first um, prop, here. yeah, and that's my first prop. I have a couple of props. Do
0: you want to take the so, headphones off, Tony? It's, um, you're, you're, you're the guest, man. You can yeah, do what you take them off. Yeah, I'll take them off. Uh, yeah. you could still. So, you can still uh, hear each I went on.
1: to I went to North Texas, uh, and my father made me uh, um, get an all level degree, K through twelve. Majored in phys ed, double majored in history, social studies. Uh, did driver's ed, health. You know, and I, 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 it took me four and a half years to graduate because I was certified in so many things. And but my father was he had some foresight. He knew what was. Uh, was the for me. Uh, so I uh, graduated college. I met my wife there and um, um, graduated college and came back. And then I did, a. Uh, I went to Sugarloaf Union Free School, which was, uh, I was 23 years there. This is special act school, with, uh, special education kids, kids disadvantaged. Uh, and I was there for 23 years. I was, I went from uh you know, teaching physics <laughs> at the typical time. Yeah. I'm always, i always using my hands, but I, I ended up going there, uh, being there for 23 years. I coached basketball for 19. I had real successful basketball teams, you know, played Port Jervis many times, George Roman and, uh, um, and, uh, Port Jervis. And I was there for 23 years. And I was, uh, in between the 23 years, I ended up going to, uh, uh, New Paltz. and I got my, um, Administrative certification, CSE, SDA, SAS, you know, I uh, don't even know what half of them mean, but I got my my administration, I got my master's there, uh, and, uh, and, uh, yeah, and I was a Port and I love Sugarloaf.
0: Let me jump in there, Tony, and I love the props. We're going to talk about your love for basketball, but walking away from the basketball to become a school leader—yeah, it, it was—it
1: was hard. It, it, in the beginning, everybody always says, "Do you miss it?" Uh, the worst part about it was the uh, when I left in '97, the first non-league game my school plays is Port Jervis. Of all at Port Jervis. Oh my god! And I said, "You can't." Yeah, I remember. I remember the first. Vino was the other. I said, "Can we change that?" I you know. So here's the team I coached for 19 years, and they're wow. going to open up at Port Jervis. So uh, And what I did was I, I was so emotional. I'm cheering for Port Jervis because that's where my paycheck is. And, you know, yeah. my allegiance is now Port Jervis. Yeah. But uh, the bus came in. I hugged all the kids. I was crying. And I got in my car and I drove home. I didn't stay for the game. Uh, I think Port ended up beating uh, Sugarloaf. Oh but that was the only game I ever missed. And then, uh, and then my daughter played for Valley Central. And um, she was always – I coached the AAU team. Um, we had a lot of Port Jervis girls. Okay. And yeah. I was coaching Port Jervis. I was screaming for it. And my daughter actually hit a jump shot to win the game. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I remember in the car going home, I said, oh, I wanted Port Jervis to win. That, it was just a little bit of that Italian to me saying I was happy. But uh, but I had a good, uh, you know, I had a, a nice run. I, well, I get your a, Port hat. I don't, yes. I don't then, uh, mess it up. So I leave, uh, I leave Sugar left for 23 years and I go to Port Jervis, you know, uh, and uh, I'm at Port. And uh, it was a good 10 years. I had a nice run. I loved it. Uh, I was uh, seven years, six and a half years as assistant principal, and three and a half as a principal. Uh, and then I retired, and uh, I went to, uh, um, I was unemployed for, not unemployed, but retired for maybe about two months. And then uh, then uh, Beacon High School called me and said they were looking for an interim <laughs> principal. Uh, because of my age, I can only do two years there. So I went to Beacon, and I loved Beacon High School, big school, like 1,400 kids, and I loved it. I was better than Port Jervis. It was better than Sugarloaf. No different than Port Jervis. Sugarloaf was better than the others. And so I, I ended up uh, staying two years there. And Now my wife moved to Austin. So um, and then all of a sudden, uh, Ellenville called. And uh, so I did. I did two years at <laughs> Ellenville High School. <laughs> <that>. and, um, <laughs> and it was even. It was, and I loved Ellenville more than I liked Port you know, Beacon Sugarloaf. So I was whatever I went. I liked it better. And I got to go there for two years, and it was great. And I loved Elmville, but I, again, I could only the state only mandates you to stay two years at any school. And so I I, I stayed two years at Elmville, then I retired. I went to Austin for six months, and then uh and then I can't find my hat. Then Kaplan Kaplan called. It's a special there you act are, school. Yeah. Kind of where I started at Sugarloaf. You know, kids there, you know we had kids from Port Jervis all over. The kids that couldn't make it in schools. They had all uh, sorts of special needs, and I did two years at. At Kaplan, and I loved Kaplan better than I loved the other four. So everywhere I went, it was like a storybook. I loved, I loved, I loved, I loved. And every place was better, 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 better. So finally this July, I retired for good, you know, because I might have been in trouble with my wife because she had been five years a snowbird alone in Austin. And uh, but I finally retired, and it's been a great year. And when time. was that
0: final retirement? Uh
1: Last July. The last, last July. July yeah. So
0: this was the first school year in forever. Yeah, that, that, that you I, were not that I, in a I, New York I, yeah, school. That didn't have a fire drill. I didn't have I didn't get up early. And so you were in Texas then. Yeah,
1: yeah. I left in October, and just got back two days ago. Was it? Was it so? odd for you was it strange yeah it was it's kind of like uh i didn't miss a lot of people ask me did you miss coaching basketball and i didn't miss it as much i missed going into certain gyms mm-hmm. um when i went into a gym like uh, warwick high school or menacing high school or tuxedo high school those are, if i went to a, a school that we never played it didn't hurt When i went into like you know tuxedo or menacing i sat there on that bench yeah i'm in the stands and that's the only time i missed it driving home but not as much as i thought uh i had good teams i had a great run uh, I wouldn't change anything. You know, I lost the state championship three times, mm. so they would call me the Bud Grant of high school basketball, <laughs> who lost three Super Bowls. <laughs> but uh, but I had a good run, and I loved where I, everywhere I, I went. My my ten years at Port were great. You know, I had uh, you know, good people, and you know, I learned a lot. Uh, I do remember hiring you. Uh, I remember. I definitely. Rem- I don't remember it was snowing. You you know more details. Oh, but yeah. I, I do remember talking to that person, and I I got around it where it was more personal than actually you know what you actually did. And uh, and I had a good feeling from you from the beginning, and your interview was good. So your interview was good, and uh, um, I think the vote was five to four to hire, to to not hire you. <laughs> and even though I'm a Democrat and I wasn't, I'm not a Mussolini, but I, I voted for you. No, it really it was, it was <laughs> unanimous to hire you. So what did you
0: think? And Tony, you can put those on now Okay, and then yeah, you can sorry. hear it a little bit better. Yep. Um, what did you think of the opening concept? Then I mean, you you I've learned so many things from you, but that was such a strong learning point for me about trusting your gut
1: yeah i think uh um i don't i think one of my strong points i have so many um not not a lot of strong points but one is interviewing and i really think i i can get to find out the person uh even even when you do the interview process you and others uh i would ask questions off the beat you know because you can do interviews and be real good at not be a good teacher and not be a good administrator you know you can get over and so you got to find The person who answers the right questions. And then, and what they are, I would always ask a a, a teacher or, 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 you know, the kid was sleeping in class, how do you approach that student who's sleeping? And that's not in the book. That's not questioning, you're not questioning strategy or, you know, you're not questioning. you know, content of uh, knowledge of the subject matter, and a lot of times the way they answered the questions uh, were, were, you know, integral on on, on picking that person. Yeah. Uh, and we would explain it. So I was I was really good at getting deep, and I was kind of like a shark. If there was a little blood. I would I would ask more questions. I know at Ellenville. Um, um they, they everybody asked like everybody gets three questions uh, I, goes can't say no. I can't and stand it. i remember it. lisa yeah. wiles who i love the superintendent ellenville is a superstar and uh i remember her can i i asked her can i go off the beaten path here <laughs> and she said no we're sticking to these and i go but I, I need to go yeah and she let me go and i i ran and everybody in the room loved it they couldn't <laughs> wait for my questions to, to come up and uh it was it was a good uh, but i was always i think uh, almost everybody i hired every school all those districts uh I think they were all successful. I think I had 99%, I can't remember picking someone that didn't get tenure yeah. and
0: wasn't a good teacher. You gotta hire good people.
1: Yeah, absolutely, that's yeah. the
0: key. That's we the key. had some laughs in the interviews too,
1: didn't we? Yeah, we had, uh, <laughs> one of the, uh, here's one of my favorite stories. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say that? Sure. The, uh, sure. We uh, I remember Debbie Cassara, we were interviewing a math teacher from like way out in Long Island. And he he was, his English wasn't good, he was from Russia. And he just got here. He had a doctorate in math. And he was so- His resume blew us yeah, away. it blew yeah. you away. And yeah. when he got in the room, he just, we couldn't understand. And we realized right away that- <laughs> There's no way that he could actually teach one of our classes. And I remember everybody in the room wanted to kind of like cut the interview. And I was thinking, this guy just, he got lost. Yes. He drove three hours to get here. We got to give him 40 minutes. But it was very hard to, and you know, we're asking him questions. And But I'm, I, as I'm asking him, he's got a, a nice beige suit on, a light summer suit that I like. And uh, so so I kept watching the suit. And uh, when the interview was over, we walked out to the parking lot. And I walked him out there and I was trying to get on 84, you know, go south, whatever. And I. Uh, and I just put my hand, I said, excuse me, sir, where did you get that suit? And he goes, Banana Republic. So, so two days later, I went down to Paramus and put the same, the same suit, suit. The same suit. And I wore that. My wife kills me. Oh, my God, not that Banana Republic It looks suit. good on you. But then and something said, happened with the pants. You, they got washed, and they got mixed yeah, up. Yeah, no, no. The, the no, color um, changed a little bit. Yeah, the color changed a little bit. And then David Burnsley, <laughs> Yeah, you know, I play a lot of humor with other principals or whatever. And Burnsley had his secretary call me. I tell him about and and tell me I have to return the suit because the, the top was a 44, not a 46. And I fell for it. I'm talking to this like, I'm not driving all the way down the <laughs> to return the suit. because you got to return the top. And then he and he got me good. Uh-huh. He got me good. I, I conditioned, but. If I you're watching,
0: go. David, that is a good one. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's He uh, yeah, yeah. was good. So, Tony,
0: you mentioned uh, learning about the storytelling from uh, your time in Italy and your
1: dad. And yeah.
0: So much of the leadership I watched you was you know the great stories you
1: know yeah there, there's just so many i mean uh, you um i should write a book and it would be 350 stories of all the uh your book is educational so go my book would be more humor oh. and and what not to do but uh yeah i mean it was just uh i mean poor Jarvis. there was so many i mean i could do uh, uh at Sugarloaf the 23 year we had so much at this kids that you know i have a team picture of every kid in my office wherever i went and there's not a picture of, of one of my players that isn't Dead, uh, Um uh, There's also someone who's a New York policeman, uh, you know, fireman. Successful. Uh, yeah, so it's yeah. right next to each other. The 81 82 team, there's Daryl Gere, who actually killed the first female uh, police officer in New York City. Oh my God. And next there is Joe Fennell, who played Division One, And next to him is Ronnie Summers, who did 30, 25 years in the Army. So you see, like, the, you know, you see three kids and they're standing right next to each other. And, you know, and they just go in different paths in life. And, you know, and it's like a, um, yeah, it's 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 kind of tough when you see all those. And I, but I I, I can memorize. I knew them all. I saw Daryl Talbert on my '82 '83 team, and his, his numbers there. And I saw him at the mall. He gained a lot of weight, and he's screaming, "Coach, coach!" And I went over and said, "Daryl Talbert, number 23." He goes, "You remember my number?" I said, "Yeah," because it's in my office. <laughs>
0: I, I, but that's amazing. So it's it's 2018 right now. And that's, yeah, that's years 36 ago. years ago. Yeah, um, not only do you remember the kid, you it's unbelievable. Yeah, uh, Louis Ubero.
1: Um that's actually, actually Rene, I think Rini got the call. Um Louis Biero played for me um many years ago, like 76, 77. And he he's at me, he's at he had a security at in college and he calls the school up and says, Yo, know, it's Coach DeMarco there? And then I remember Renie putting it in. And he's on the phone going, "Yo, coach, you know who this is? This is uh, this is your your point guard. I said, I coached nineteen years. I had a lot of point guards. You can't come by my voice." And I go, "No." He goes, and he goes, "Who's the first Dominican point guard you ever had?" And I said, "Louis Ubierra." <laughs> well, Louis is sixty, and I, I he, he just had his sixtieth birthday. He's got three kids. I see him on Facebook, and we oh talk God. all the time. And I said, "He's sixty, and I'm sixty-six, but I, you know, I'm twenty-two, and he's eighteen, you know, seventeen mm-hmm. in high school. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm coming out of college, so." You know, it's not much of a difference, but it's great. I I, I go on Facebook now. I hated Facebook as a principal because you're always dealing with yeah it. trouble. I just but uh my kids after I, I retired I went on Facebook, and I would say uh, probably a hundred to 150 kids from Portervis are on it. They all they all friended me. Well, hopefully, uh, yeah, They're watching you and here now. There are, there's some yeah. some that I, I write. You still owe me in in school and an out of school and I, I I they, but uh, it's nice to keep in contact with a lot of them.
0: Tony, the, the first place you worked and the last place you worked, you know, all of the places were special to you. But working with the at-risk population and then at Kaplan with the special education yeah. students, you know, you had such a big heart, but especially for those kids.
1: Yeah. You know, I, tell I, me
0: about that. I, there, yeah. In it's your, just in that uh, there
1: I mean, almost every... Every student we had at Sugarloaf, and I would say 90% of Kaplan come from broken families. You know, there's no, uh, the kids from Kaplan, almost 45, 50% come from the Newburgh area. We had a couple from Port Jervis and, you know, from the area. Um, but Sugarloaf was was more New York City type, New York City kids in Rockland County, Westchester County. Yeah, they're just, they're just special. You know, they don't have anything. It's almost like uh, you have to build their self-esteem before you do anything educationally and you can you can have the greatest teacher there if they have no self esteem and that's everywhere even today even with like you know you're reading all these shootings are going on and everything and it's like uh you know um, some a lot of it is mental you know where where you uh you, know, you need to work on that but that's why I like counselors and and uh um yeah you have the you know, the bullies are still there you know and but we've done such a good job from an educational standpoint where they're being kind of singled out yeah uh, and and that's good but uh it's just um you know, those kids are special they always been but you know then i got to go to you know like uh, you know regular schools that you want to call them you know the beacons the port services the Ellenville's and uh but i still had that that uh you know i use i use my um i, I stole everything i I've, I've learned from other coaches and other administrators or whatever the only original demarco is the three d's and that's that's mine in fact at at kaplan it's on a wall it's still there but it's uh the three things and you have to be successful in is uh, you, you got to be able to diffuse duck and dance. Those are the three diffuse. I mean, and that's the custodian, the lady in the cafeteria, the teacher, the administrator, but uh, you got to be able to diffuse the situation first. You can't like, you know, argue or whatever. So once you diffuse it and you're, you're on even ground, then you got to duck. And when I use the term <laughs> duck, I'm, I'm not saying literally duck, but um, if someone says something to you, you can't take it personal. You know, you got to be able to, uh, so you know, you sometimes call, it was little. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes there were a couple times that sugarloaf, but yeah, there was some balls you got, bouncing out. You had yeah, to duck. yeah, but uh, but you got to be able to duck, and that's everybody. That's the, the manager at at McDonald's. You know the you know the uh, custodians. The you know you got to be able to. Uh, uh, and then the other one is dance. Have a personality. You know, be able to to, uh, and you know, not physically dance like Dancing with the Stars, but you know, have have you know, be able to you know, uh, um, you know, uh, talk to people and be on their level. Not not above their level.
0: I don't think I put the three Ds no, in. Yeah. The, I, I, I know D's, I use it in interviews. Yeah, no,
1: I, I use the Ds in interviews. And I use them all, but you have to be able to. Uh, 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 but that's the only original thing I always put in. And uh, but uh, you, you definitely, if you have those, you can be successful as the head custodian, as the the manager at McDonald's, the Kentucky Fried Chicken, the principal of the school, the, the assistant principals, and teachers and okay. teacher aides. You know, if you know how to diffuse, and, and sometimes that's our problem. You can't diffuse and then the kids start yelling and then you have it and then you're into we're, we're the you know you know as an ap you're always okay what did you do you uh my 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 one of my all-time favorite stories hall of fame stories is the, the turkey raffle at port <laughs> i even look at that in the hall of fame that's that's definitely that's up in cooperstown <laughs> But uh, I, I came in 97 to, uh, Jack Mantini hired me. I came from Sugarloaf, and I'm the AP and Colleen Fitzgerald, and I was a principal over at Minnissing, we're the APs. And we're giving detentions out all the time. You know, you know, you know you cut class, you're missing class, cutting out early. So, you know, and so this is like uh, middle October, beginning of November. Mm-hmm. I, I probably gave out about a hundred. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to go down and see the detention room. You know, it's gotta be packed because I've been giving out detentions all day. And I go in there and Johnny, make her soul rest in peace, uh, there are only two kids in there. And I go, where was, I, I just sent the last week, like 70, 80 kids. And they go, yeah, they don't come. I said, they don't come. Well, where's the, you know? so right away I said, that that can't work. So um, we decided to have a turkey raffle. I put all the names of the students that um, that weren't going in this fake raffle. And uh, I actually bought a real turkey and we called them down to the auditorium. We told the teachers, we're going to bring these kids down. So we bought about 80, 90 down. I bought about uh, 300 sheets of ISS forms and 100 brand new pencils all, all sharpened. And I, so they had work to do when they got ISS. I gave them all ISS. So I said, the good news is someone won a turkey. I remember one of Corvino's football stars won the turkey. <laughs> I gave it to them. Now, the bad news is every one of you has cut detention, and so you're all going to have in-school suspension from one day. <laughs> And it was great. we had to move the uh, the detention into the cafeteria. There was about 70 kids in there after I school. Love, it was great, it. and that kind of changed the you know the, the culture. culture you know right away kids got detention and you know Accountability. And, uh, yeah, it was it it was it was easy to do it that way and I know a lot of the teachers were just laughing and making fun. and it got it got spread to other schools <laughs> and I became famous as that uh, turkey we only did it once, but it it, it made its point. I
0: found the examples here about the kitchen cabinet in in the book. I have yours in here somewhere, but one of the things in here is the, do the DeMarco. When you have a, a difficult conversation with a teacher, when you have to tell them some, some difficult news, right. There's a problem. Yeah. You know, you, we learned this from you that you, you, you say, you know, we're not having you back. Yeah, you, yeah, you start yeah. at the end. Okay, yeah. now let me rewind and we're yeah, going to go through yeah. it. Right? I, would,
1: I would always like to, even with students that came in or teachers came in, why are we here? Mm-hmm. Okay, let's look. You, know, you wrote it, a referral or whatever or a student did something. What is there anything you could have done differently that you're not here in my office? Now, that was done with kids all the time. I always mean, used to have kids come in. I remember Courtney Tenente is one of kids. He's on Facebook coming. I know you going to ask the same question. <laughs> you know why I'm here? I'll tell you why. <laughs> but uh And then what could you have done not to be here? So, you know, a kid cut out of class, yelled at a teacher, you know, yelled at a hall monitor, wasn't listening. And so so, so if you don't do that, you're not in my office right now. So I try to reverse it, put it in their minds. But I did that with teachers too. The teachers, you know, uh, I thought might've done something wrong or, or did something, I said, you know, why are you, could you have done anything differently to that student? So he didn't say that to you. Yeah. And, and it's self-reflective. You need to, and you know, you don't even answer me now, but think about it when you go home or in your car or whatever, and then come back and see me tomorrow. And that was really good. I mean, that worked that, that, uh, I mean, a lot of teachers would come in and say, yeah, maybe if I didn't say you should have learned that in third grade <laughs> you know. What? Third grade? I'm in tenth grade. You <laughs> know, it's like, you know, that kind of like we get a kid going a little bit. So uh but it was good. I mean we and we had great teachers. I mean, I was fortunate to have uh um you know, at, at Port we had great teachers. Uh I did a th- um I, I spoke at um Mount Saint Mary's a few times and at faculty meetings all over and I had teachers write on cards, uh master teachers, what made you a great teacher? So I had six from Port, five from Beacon, five from Millenborn. I put them all together. I left them in Texas, but um uh but i remember lena onafreeze and kevin birmingham's and you know and they, it's like um i love teaching now they didn't they didn't they weren't in the same room doing it uh uh i made it, there was humor involved and then i remember lena onafree says i love teaching know your subject matter uh um be humorous i love i love uh i love teaching so she put two of her five where i love teaching and kevin birmingham's were, were incredible i mean you know no 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 your subject matter you know uh but they were so powerful, and I, I would just read them off to all of these teachers at Mount Saint Mary's and at faculty meetings from Ellenville, you know, all over the place. And uh, and they meant a lot, and that's that's why they were master teachers, they, yeah. because of those. Uh, and there were so many that were, were the same. Um, so it was a, uh, um, it was pretty good. I remember, uh, um, um Doherty. Um, wrote something. I always remember, I, I joked around saying if, uh, um, I remember Dory says, I, I don't want cafeteria duty, so she wrote a couple of I, love I love teaching. I said, you don't have cafeteria duty.
0: Well, you're talking about characteristics for great teachers, Tony, and you brought the best out in people, but if you're talking about school leaders now, and leadership in general, what are some of the characteristics that you yeah, think are most important I think, for, for leaders?
1: Yeah, I mean, some of them are relate, but I think, I think honesty. I think I think honesty to me is the most. If parents can read through honesty, teachers can read through honesty, students can read through honesty, uh, your peers can read through honesty. I think uh, uh, being fair, you know, I think fair is is another. Yeah, uh, um, you know, just having you know, um, you know d- don't pick sides, don't don't favor certain people, don't don't. Uh, um, I think you know, those are to me the, the, the two biggest. I mean, there's a whole bunch of characteristics on on leadership. Um, you know, uh, again, the three Ds. You could throw those in. You got to be able to. You got to be able to dance, duck, and diffuse. I mean, come on. You, you cannot be an administrator and not do those three. And and, and I served under some. I mean, I know uh, Jack Lantini, who was a great principal and a great uh, uh, superintendent, administering. Um, he couldn't duck. He's not ducking. You know, Jack Tini is a tough battalion. Yeah, you know, he's like he yeah. wasn't a ducker. He's like he's gonna get right back at you. Uh, it still made him a good administrator and, and a great leader, but. Uh, but everybody dances differently. We all have uh, same with teachers. We all teach differently. You know, some teachers uh you know engage kids in different ways, some teachers are, but I think the, the key word of everything is respect. To me, it starts from that that one word. If uh if you if the kids respect you, students respect you, teachers respect you, um, if parents respect you, then you kind of gotta eating them out of your palm because that's the key. If they have that respect, then you can almost do anything. Same with teaching. If they respect you, you can teach them anything. You know, they'll listen to you. So I think the um you know respect probably sits at the top of of everything you know I, I i try to explain that to teachers too
0: but you you had such a way to earn people's respect because you you had such a big heart yeah the, so well heart. Here,
1: the thing is when we were young you're a little you know you're a little younger than me but, but i automatically had respect when i walked into the classroom because that sure. was our values that my father you know and you know that's that was you know growing up in the 50s and the early 60s uh, teachers don't get you know kids don't have respect for a teacher now you got to earn respect so yes. there's a when I say respect you have to earn that respect there's a big difference because a lot of people think that, well I'm a teacher I have respect no, you you do The same with the police officer same with anybody you know it's, uh, different. it's just different in today's day and age and you have to earn that respect and uh and that's hard to earn but you you know you, you have to work at earning respect once you have that then, then same with basketball I mean uh, my respecting me big time I earned it uh, and they could do anything. If there was a, you know, I need, I need three kids to stand in front of that bus that's coming down the road, I would have three kids stand in front of the bus. Now, yeah. That's hard to get that, but, yeah. but I earned that. I earned that. that's that's tough to teach, but you, you get there.
0: Let's let's shift gears. You okay. brought, you brought basketball up, and uh, again, you and I hit it off instantly. Yeah, uh, you <laughs> saw I was an official and played the hoops. And um, yeah, where did that passion for basketball come from, Tom? Um, I
1: don't know. My father used to take me to the New York Holiday Festival. So I got to see Cassie Russell and and, uh, and uh, Bill Bradley play. Double headers, yeah, the, the double headers. And of course, he was a Manhattan College graduate. We had to go see Manhattan, Ford. You know, Manhattan played NYU. Uh, but I knew all those players, and uh, I got to. Uh, so I just followed basketball. I played. Uh, uh, I went to a big high school. I wanted to go to Merritt High School, a public high school. My parents made me go to a Catholic school, and they had thirteen hundred kids in the, in the Catholic school. So I didn't make the team, and I was really disappointed. I could, I know I could have started it. At, at Marineric, but well, we had CYO league or whatever. And then at North Texas, I actually, uh, me and my my best friend went out for a bit, the basketball team in North Texas just to say that we got cut. Uh, I also in Ocean City, New Jersey, was driving by on vacation. I'm like 28, and they were having Philly trials. I parked the car, I had a glove, I ran out there, and I, I said, "Okay, I'm here." And the guy, one of the Philly coaches, who's like one of, them, says, uh, "How old are you?" I said, "I'm 28, 27." He goes, now. So I said, "Are you cutting me?" So, so <laughs> the rest of my life, I got cut by the Phillies. <laughs> I got cut by the North Texas basketball team, <laughs> Division One team. They were real good, <laughs> so I was always like a step ahead. But uh, anyway, I was cut by those two teams, but I, I did okay.
0: But you always loved hoops.
1: Yeah, I always loved yeah. uh, basketball. I, I was a, I followed. I was a good coach. I, you know, we, um, we had, uh, we were fast and athletic, and uh, you know, I had good runs. I had great teams, and uh, um, I, I did have talent. I mean, I had a lot of talent, but I utilized that talent i mean we pressed we did a lot of things i would always say in the newspapers that we can't play defense i always told my kids i'm lying to the milltown record don't believe what i say because i wanted other teams to say yeah sure you can't play defense and then we we're in their face man-to-man opening game so we would love to read the quote of the coach strategy, the next day strategy. yeah, yeah it, was, it was it was definitely it. a strategy yeah. i also liked uh doing gimmicks uh al mcguire was my favorite uh, uh coach and mentor you know watching him in uh, I ran a lot of box on ones, triangle twos, you know, and I remember U.B. Brown says, you know, do a box on one um because the principal's son's out there, he's only playing because he ha- he can't score. He's playing because the coach is making him play. Guard there and stop their one score. <laughs> so, and it was true. You know, so every high school has one or two kids that can score. The rest are, you know, like average eight or nine points a game. So we did a lot of gimmicks. I love boxing one.
0: And when you, you know, Tony, you were coaching. I, I wrote down in the lane, Kelly. You know, you, <laughs> you, you, had some some kids that had some challenges yeah. outside of the court, oh, but absolutely. you you brought the best out of them. Yeah, I think on I on the court and and. Tell me about that. Getting the best out of these yeah uh, it's, you know, the it's, at-risk kids.
1: Um, yeah, I mean, uh, and, and Delane Kelly was a perfect example. He came at 6'6", sophomore. He to 6'9", athletic. He looked like an Adonis, and every college in the country was after him because of his six-nine height. He could run the four forty, you know, uh, relay. He was just a, a specimen, and um, his nickname became In lane because he kept getting three-second calls. In fact, at his uh, at our sports banquet. I, they, they cut out our floor. I actually got part of our floor in polyglot and said, Here's the floor that you were in. We painted it red three <laughs> seconds. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was It was a good I had Scott Nesbitt, one of the best players I ever playing in Orange yeah, County. Yeah. I remember um, you can't overcoach too. Uh, we were in a game and we're playing uh, um, um, O'Neill High School and they're we in a 1 and there's like three sec- five, eight seconds left. We have the ball, we're down one. And I run a play, we're going to run. Scotty said he's, he's got 43 points, 19 rebounds in this game. I'm going to use him as a decoy. And, and someone else would come in because I knew everybody from O'Neill was going to be on And then, as we were breaking the huddle, I remember Renee Santiago was going to get the ball, and no one like did the one, two, three hustle. And they're all looking at me. And Nesbitt looked and said, Coach, just give me the ball. Kind of like in Hoosiers. Hoosiers. Like, yeah. it was, it was, but this is, I'll yeah. make it. Yeah. He goes, yeah. Uh, just give me the ball. And I said, Okay, race everything. Just get, <laughs> you know, there was no play. Get the ball. And you went where you he, got I went with my, my intuition. It. and he went right, left, and he did a glass switch layup at the buzzer. We win by one. No time record says, Coach, what a great play. <laughs> I think I said, yeah, we worked on that, <laughs> but it was just one of those things where no one could stop him. And he was right. And everybody knew, you know, I said, you know, what am I doing? I'm overcoaching. It's kind of like, oh, Walt what Whitman has a poem called when I heard the learn astronomer. There's not an English class at port that I didn't pop in there, but it's a great poem. It's a real short poem, but sometimes we get some into the, the charts and diagrams of, of what's going on in life that at the end of the poem, uh, uh, Walt Whitman goes outside and he looks at all the stars and it ends with him just looking at this majestic uh, skylight of all the stars and yet he's listening to the astronomers telling you, you know, the moon is this way or whatever it's kind of like a theme of my life mm. you know, sometimes we go too far I just go to what the you know the beauty of what's going on that was that was Nesbitt taking the ball to the hoop. I love it John wooden keep it simple <laughs> yeah right? absolutely Simplicity. yeah chaos
0: Tony, we could talk for hours. Uh, it's amazing, uh, but we do have a favorite yeah. part of the show. It's rapid fire. Okay, you and I are both fast guys, so these okay. are rapid
1: fire questions. And we would do interviews. If you recall, that's where I, that's where um, I got uh, it from. Yeah, Bon Jovi like, did it. You yeah. Did it. We, I, I, <laughs> I always would ask the final question. Yeah. Everybody why, we yeah, why give me two minutes on why we should hire you. And some people did real good and uh you know, they're repeating what we heard and, and you can really, you know. It's get, thirty seconds now. They cut of they time to quit. Well we were we would kid around because, you know, I would say, Okay, you got forty seconds left, but but uh yeah. but they were Well that so this came from Okay that. this is the Rapid right. Fire. All right. All Your favorite
0: all time athlete.
1: Oh man, Oscar Robertson.
0: Two to three things you want to see when you walk into a classroom.
1: Um, I want to see uh, kids engaged and I want the lesson to be alive. I need that. That teacher has got to be alive. You just can't, um, you know, and, and, and we have a lot of teachers at all those schools that I've been to that don't teach class a lot. And once you get them alive and you have respect, you know, you know, give me that algebra, give me that, you know, throw me those geometry figures at me.
0: Your favorite Italian dish.
1: Um, I just had it the other day because they don't of have it in Austin. I had a, a veal franchise, okay? Veal franchise, all right. Um, items, traditions, uh, DeMarco's
0: that you want, uh, DeMarco traditions that you want to pass on to your grandkids.
1: Uh, well, I have three now, I just have a new one, yeah. Give me the names um, now. Go
0: through the names. Molly is I have, the yeah, yeah, Molly of the pack. is
1: nine, and then uh, uh, Ben is a year and a half, and I have a Rosie we just got more than uh, a month ago. Wow, oh. um. I don't know. I think uh, going back to just respect your people. My, my kids grew up, my, I grew up saying, yes, ma'am, no, waitresses. So my kids do it. too at Pizza Hut, even though they're, they're older than them, you say, yes, ma'am, thank you. You know, so uh, being polite, you know, being respectful and polite, that's, and I've instilled it all. We went out the other night to eat when I was leaving, and uh, I, I just heard my son. It was so good. He's he's uh, you know 31 years old, and he said, uh, "Thank you, man, for that or something." And I, I knew that's that was instilled in me, and I instilled that on my kids. And I have four kids; they're all successful. Uh, unfortunately, they're all on my my uh, my phone plan. You know, still come on, yeah, because we, we get a deal, you know, that it's big like, pension. Oh, uh, yeah, it's like, uh, know, yeah, they, they all give my wife like 50 bucks, and uh, for you, and then I say, and, then, and I got like you only got three minutes left, I never use it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, for your kids that are watching, your father told the best stories about uh, the powder on the deck,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sharon's yeah, yeah. I actually, um, uh, my daughter Sharon is a teacher, a great teacher in inner city Philadelphia, she has a uh, um, she was suspended from Valley Central. she got in-school suspension, but I had her suspension paper on behind me all the time in every school I've ever been to. So when parents would come in, uh, you know I said, listen, I've done with it you know my, my other daughter hides the report cards when they come home on Monday. you know uh, yeah that when, was better. that was back <laughs> uh, you know the uh, the um, uh, yeah she she got a bad Spanish grade, so she hid the report card in her Spanish book in her backpack. <laughs> Like at least put it in the English section, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I think things like that. Um, but uh, I needed a parent could come. The joke was, um, kid was getting five days out of school. Uh, they they walk into the main office and uh, you know they're screaming, "I pay taxes!" And then and then they would leave, and my secretaries whether it was Rini or Terry or Sharon and, uh, or Fran and Beacon and uh, uh, uh they would go, "You got to give them something," because they would all say, "Have a nice weekend, Mr. DeBarco. <laughs>
0: I do that what and they screaming. went in screaming.
1: They went in screaming and I went out with my hand around them and uh, but that was probably, you know, that was one of my strengths. Uh, stuck in the I would shoes. take I would take my sometimes I take my, my ID card off and say, I'm a parent. And I'd sit next to them and go, Look, that's my daughter on the wall there. Okay. I love it. She you know how your kids cut out? So did mine. And I think parents related to that. They realized I, I was one of them too. Yeah, I was just as worried about drinking, driving, drugs, no different than any of those parents that came into our yeah. uh, our building. Yeah. But uh yeah. But I had great secretaries, you know, um, organization was one of my weaknesses because I just tried to do so much. and Including um, time management. But I had Rene and Terry here uh, at court that were magnificent. Sharon uh, Lomondello and Fran, and uh, they were great. And we all know, real principals know, your secretary is really the principal too. I mean, they, they know what's going on. So they're important. A, absolutely. They're an important. If I didn't have them, I would have been lost. But I, I was lucky to have those people.
0: Let's get back to it, Tony. Okay, what do we got? Um, the thing that you do that drives your, your lovely wife most crazy.
1: Oh, man. <laughs> you, know, you got an hour? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I uh, sometimes forget things. You know, I, I forgot my, uh, uh, my phone the other day. Uh, so she gets yeah, – I try to get uh, organized in the house, put the keys there or whatever, but uh, – um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there, there, there are things that uh, she bothers me more than I bother her. <laughs> I, 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 fall mean, in, I, I don't believe it. I? I fall asleep. You know, like, I'll, I'll watch a show, put it on and then I'm sleeping 10 minutes later. You know, she goes, I'm putting the show on, you know, so, you know your biggest pet peeve, uh, pet peeve in, in education. I hate sarcasm. I sarcasm. Um, you shouldn't have it. Teachers yeah. come in the building, they got to get rid of it, even with, and students can't have it. Anybody can have it. The custodians, you can't have sarcasm because yeah. uh, you, that's a fallback. I didn't really mean that. I was just saying it. Uh, so I fought that at every school I've been to. Uh, You're and, still fighting uh, Yeah. And, and it's human nature. I mean, it is there. You, you get sarcastic and you say things, but it's, but it's wrong because that's not, it It, it doesn't belong in a classroom.
0: Behavior that a referee did that got under your skin.
1: Ooh. Um, I think, well, I can remember, uh, um, I think probably the biggest one was I had kids that drove to the basket and I hated officials that would call the offensive foul before contact. Mm. It was already predetermined. They mm. were calling it. So I would go in at the Burke High School. I would go into the locker room, get the two referees and tell the refs, listen, uh, I had to get extra tape in Burke's locker room. Uh, the whole team was practicing their fake offensive foul. Uh, <laughs> the whole team was doing it together. You know, So, so can you let my kids tonight – hit their kid to go down and it worked because I put the seed in there and then I could see Kevin Bach who's a great coach screaming, but what is that? What is that? And I'm going, Yeah, I, I put that I planted that seed in his head.
0: The flip side of that, Tony, what makes a great referee?
1: Um again, kind of like the the you know um the three D's. I mean, you know, the D's, you know, they know how to diffuse. They don't you know if kids said something, they're not, well, you got a T, you know, some a lot of them would be you. Hey, hey, Sonny, next time, you know, be good or whatever. Stuff like that uh and respect i mean you know um yeah i i only got one technical foul and uh two technical fouls in uh, 19 years Get out, yeah so really? i was uh
0: i was lucky well, you were so likeable yeah. yeah uh when people talk about tony demarco you hope they say what
1: <laughs> oh man i don't know um i don't know just like uh um honesty um like um i have to work on my filters like you know we went to a pizzeria in austin and, and uh the pizza wasn't that good. They got pizzerias in Austin. Yeah, they have a they have a Detroit pizza that's unbelievable. Three one three. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm too honest. Sometimes I need to like take a step back and not say what I I, I do it with respect and do it nicely or whatever. But uh, but sometimes you know, I say yeah, you can't say that. <laughs> but the pizza wasn't good. <laughs>
0: last uh, last book you read?
1: Uh, the Exodus of the Alamo. Unbelievable. Uh-huh. Oh, I couldn't put it down. Uh, it's like the real story written by the. Um, the head of the department at Air Force Academy. So it's that, you know, he put all the, you know, it's a it's a good book when there's like 40 pages of uh, content of notes to go back in. But great book. Last, but I, like, I like to read.
0: Last movie you saw.
1: Last movie I saw. Oh, I didn't like it. The Panther? Was it the Black Panther? Oh, Black Panther? You didn't like yeah, it? Yeah, you know, because yeah. I'm not into the Marvel. You know, yeah. I should have gone to see Iron. Yeah, you know, I needed to see some of those. And the they, previous. They raved so much about it. And it was okay. It wasn't that it was a bad movie, but it wasn't it wasn't like uh you know, I didn't walk out of there going, Wow, it's a you know ninety nine percent on rotten to me. to me twenty two on my on my list.
0: <laughs> Tony, uh, we have a lot of educators that listen, a lot of teachers, a lot of school leaders. Um you know your your message what message would you like to to say to them uh here uh, on the program it's
1: a tough time i mean it's it's tough now with state mandates coming down and like um my daughter just had uh in texas they have the star test for fourth graders or third graders and it's like a state test and yeah teachers are teaching to that they're not teaching to um yeah the way the regents are, are set up uh i don't know you know know your know your subject matter you know If you have respect and you know your subject matter, I think you can be a successful teacher. But you got to know your subject matter. I remember Linda Huntley and all those people, Kevin Brigham, every one of those. You know Santos, they all had that was one of their things. Know your subject matter. You can't get, you can't fake it because now you can Google it. You can find so many things that uh.
0: Be an expert in your field, right? Yeah. Be an expert in it. Tony, it's been great. Yeah. Uh, Have you?
1: I'm glad I made 48. (laughs) Man, I was like, I was really upset. I can't wait to see you because it's fifty one. Well, <laughs> thank a- you very much. You're doing a great job, and I miss I miss everybody at Port. I love Port. Yeah, Port was a great great ten years, and uh, it's like a, I even had to ask today. I, I forgot where Pike Street was. Yeah, it's been so long since I've been down here.
0: We're here in the Port but, Jervis Library and, uh, you know, the great Tony DeMarco. So, Tony, again, I can't thank you enough. Thank you. Uh, it was great to have you on. Uh, we got about 5% of your stories. Uh, so yeah, that's okay. W- you're going to have to come back in year two.
1: Yeah. Can I book you again? Sure. I Just uh, keep me under that 50 <laughs> next, next next year. I'm going to actually be in, in the hundreds. Right? Gotta, we got to, comm- you know, we're, we're off limits on basketball uh, season. Your book is great. That's yeah. an awesome book. And you made a lot of good points in it. And I'm not just saying that to uh, you know, to promote your book, but it's good. Looks like that should be. And who's the other guy that we had who wrote a? I, I'm, I can't the Todd name. Whittaker Todd Whitaker. Todd Whitaker is my hero. Yeah. I mean, he, he's uh, you know one of his lines was I think you even used it in there. Uh, you know, uh, teacher, you know, don't forget. Teachers shouldn't forget when they were like students, and teachers shouldn't forget uh, like where they were. When they were I'm sure. Absolutely. The
0: we want to recommend uh, another book here. He was, uh, another one of my mentors, the guy who first hired oh, yeah. me. Here's today's uh, uh, book recommendation. We're trying to get it on there. Yeah, Mickey Crowley. Uh, Throw the Ball High with Ralph uh, Wimbish. It's the story of Mickey Crowley and uh, officiating. This is uh, today's uh, book recommendation. Uh, again. Here's a guy who hired me as a, a principal know, and here's my man, guy who was, hired me as a division one uh, for He was big East, right? Was he, big East, yeah, he, was, uh, uh, he was big everything. Wow. Yeah. He retired so, finally. He did. Yeah. And uh, a lot of stories like uh, you. Yeah. So that's uh, today. And uh, you gave us a quote here. I asked you one of your quotes. And uh, I have U- two UB quotes. Yeah. I
1: have Yubi Brown. I had it in my office. Every, everywhere I went, uh, I heard Yubi speak once and uh, he said, uh, the dog may bark, but the caravan moves on. And it's uh, actually, it's like a, um, it was taken from like uh China hundreds of years ago. Yubi made it, he didn't give anybody credit, he said it was his. <laughs> uh, for years, I until I googled it, it's his now. Nah, nah, yeah, it was <laughs> in the third century, a dynasty. It was, it was, the, but uh, you know, people argue and scream and yell. You know, life's gonna go on, you know, whatever you, you get in that car, you know, things happen, but you know, the dog, in the caravan moves on. So don't, don't live your life thinking about the dog barking. That's right, but uh, pretty good. Uh, you i'll still give you be credit for Listen, <laughs> Listen, good seeing you my well, man okay. tony demarco everyone my, my best everybody airport red raiders okay? next
0: uh next up uh, is paul ricard chief of police uh at uh, mount hope he's also uh, a oh. uh passed, passed away
1: good good man paul.
0: paul will be our next guest uh coming up here on education leadership and beyond tony thank you so much uh for coming on and uh uh, always a pleasure to you. We'll have you back Thank here you. too. We'll get okay. you under, under uh, <laughs> my uh, best, 104. My
1: bestie best family, everybody. <laughs> All right.
0: Tony DeMarco, everyone. We are signing off on Education, Leadership and Beyond, Surviving and Thriving. Thanks for uh, tuning in and uh, see y'all soon.
1: How do
0: we end it?